And let's all grab our Bibles. Let's grab our Bibles and go to Luke chapter 19. And uh, I will not preach long. <laughs> I can't say that with a straight face. But here I go. Um, we, we began a brand new uh, sermon series last week called Encounters. Uh, Transformational Conversations with Jesus. And uh, last week, uh, we... We shared a, uh, a, what turned out to be a really powerful time where we shared about the woman who was caught in adultery and how God's grace was displayed in such an incredible way. Uh, this morning, I want to uh, take us to Luke chapter 19. So you can go there and we're going to take a look at the story of a wee little man by the name of Zacchaeus. There are different pronunciations of this, by the way. Zacchaeus. How many of you pronounce it Zacchaeus? No. How many of you pronounce it Zacchaeus? How many of you pronounce it Zacchaeus? Really? Wow. No, that's, that's incorrect, but uh, that's all right. How, I, well, let's just call him Zach, okay? So, just so it doesn't freak you out. And, uh, but... We've got this story of a man by the name of Zacchaeus who had a pretty bad reputation. And he had a very unique experience with Jesus, a very unique encounter with Jesus that I think we could learn a lot from here today. And so I want to go there. So if you're able to, if you could stand with me for the reading of God's word as we look at this together. We're in Luke chapter 19. We're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to go to verse 10, okay? If you're there, say amen. amen. All right. If you don't have your Bible, you can follow along on the screen, and uh, let's check this out together. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, or Zacchaeus. Zach. He was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, I love it when people mutter. <laughs> he, was, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zach stood up and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Because this man is the son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. So Lord, I pray that you would take this story that there's a good chance that many of us have, have read before. And God, I pray that you would just show us something a little new here that we could take with us as we leave this place here today. The same spirit, Lord God, that we've encountered as we worshiped you now, Lord God, is the same spirit that we depend on to receive your word and for it to change us. And so, God, we ask you for that now. And it's in your name we pray, and we all said amen. 
Amen. You may be seated. The wee little man. Now, if you think I'm going to make a bunch of short jokes, I'm not. Okay? Uh, and, and the temptation is huge. Uh, because we got some wee little people in this church. And, uh, but that's okay. God bless you. That's all right. It's all right. Um, <clears throat> I really don't have time to go there anyway. So... You've got this man who was a, he was not only a tax collector, he was a chief tax collector, okay? So it's not enough that you're on the bad guys team, you're in charge of the bad guys, all right? And this man wants to see Jesus. And I just want to pause there and tell you that when the Holy Spirit begins to move, God will bring about some people that want to seek Jesus that you might not expect to want to see Jesus. And you need to understand that God has brought those people. It's, it's, it, it's a moving of the work of the Holy Spirit when you see this kind of thing taking place. Jesus, as we read in verse 10, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Lost people should matter to every single one of us. Can you say amen? Whether they look like you or not, whether they act like you or not, they matter to Jesus, and therefore, they should matter to us. But I need to keep going here. Zacchaeus, because he was so short, we don't know how tall he was, but it was short enough that he couldn't see over the people. And so he ran to a tree, ran to a sycamore tree, and began to climb. Branch by branch, he climbed that tree so that he can get an aerial view of Jesus, an unobstructed view of the Lord. And it's that act, that image of Zach grabbing all these branches that I want to challenge you with here today. Because if you personally, and if I personally want God's best in my life and in your life, then I will tell you that there are several spiritual branches that we will need to grab. The same things that I felt that Zacchaeus had to deal with in this story are often the same things that we need to deal with if we want God's absolute best in our lives. And so I would like to examine these real quickly for you today and challenge you with them. These will not start with the same letter today, but they will rhyme, so you, so you won't need a refund, okay? So number one, number one, I believe that Zach had to grab the branch of his reputation. This was not a church kid. This was not a religious leader. Chances are this was not a good guy. Some would suggest that if there was a mafia in Jericho, that Zacchaeus was in charge of it. And and you see this by by Luke's description of him in verse 2, and then the muttering of the people in verse 7. Look at these verses. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, Zac. And he was a chief tax collector. And he was wealthy. Why was he wealthy? He was probably cheating everybody out of money. All right? Not that we 
could relate to that with our tax system here in the United States, but at least back then, because we love the IRS, uh, in case they're watching. <laughs> I take care of y'all, okay? That's what I do. So he was quite wealthy, and, and we'll, we'll look at it again a little bit deeper. That it, it, it appears that he really cheated a lot of people out of their money. And then verse 7, here's what the people thought of him. <laughs> All the people saw this and began to mutter, He, Jesus, has gone to be the guest of a sinner. This man was not well thought of. Not well thought of. But I'm reminded of this. And this is why when we begin to talk about God moving new and afresh in our church, you got to understand that the Lord will bring some people who desperately need him. And here's the deal. Jesus will always take you just the way that you are. But he loves you too much to leave you that way. See, this is where we get a little twisted in our culture. Well, Jesus loves me the way I am. He does, but he loves you too much to keep you that way. And that's every one of us, by the way. It's not just the, the addict or the inmate or the, or the person who's having this issue or that issue. This is also for those of us who've been in the church for quite some time. Jesus saw you come into the church today and he said, I don't want them to leave the same way that they were coming in. I want to do something different. And this is the, uh, the issue with Jesus is that he will lovingly take anybody because he died for everybody. But he wants all of us to change. He wants all of us to be different. I'll get to that later at the end of the service. But Jesus will take you just the way you are. There is nothing you've done. Hear me. There is nothing you've done that will keep Jesus from loving you. There is nothing you've done that will keep Jesus from pursuing you. I love the song that the guys did just a little bit ago, all about how God Jesus' love pursues us. And it just pursues us and pursues us. And, and that is, that's the image that you, you get here, where of all the people for Jesus to point out, it's the godfather of the mafia of Jericho. And I'm sorry to all the Italians if that, if that offended your family. I'm really sorry. Because we love them too. In, in case there. There we go. All right. I'm going to swim with the fishes. So Jesus will take you as you are. You've not done anything that's outside of God's grace. You've not done anything that Jesus says, well, they're, they're just damaged goods. I, I, can't, I got nothing. Jesus has something for everybody in here. Can you say amen? So Zach had to deal with the branch of his reputation. Secondly, he had to deal with another branch, and that was the branch of his limitations. The branch of his limitations. Now, as was the case, when people would find out that Jesus came to their town or to their city or wherever he was at, he would attract a crowd. That's what Jesus did. And 
I don't know if any of you, for example, have ever uh, tried to be in a gallery at, uh, at the golf course when the pros would play over at Firestone, for example, okay? If you're short, okay, it's going to be hard for you to see anybody golfing, okay? You're going to have to squeeze there or, or find some hill to stand on or tree to climb or whatever the case might be. Well, multiply that. I mean, the... The galleries I've seen for Tiger Woods have just been crazy full of people. And then multiply that exponentially. And those, those are the kind of crowds that Jesus attracted. So here's poor Zach. He can't see a thing. Now, he could have stopped right there. In fact, look at verse 3. Verse 3, he wanted to see Jesus, who Jesus was, by the way. Oh, wow, what, what a truth right there. You know what this world really needs? They need, they, they need to know who Jesus is. Oh, that's another sermon. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Now, Zach could have said, well, I guess next time, and just packed up and left. He could have gave up because of the limitation that was forced upon him. Dare I say that I've met too many people in churches, due to some perceived, quote, reason, which is really an excuse, that they miss out on God's best for their lives because they have convinced themselves that they can't experience Jesus, or they can't see Jesus, or they can't get close to Jesus, or they can't experience all that Jesus has for them because, not because they're too short, maybe they feel like they're not smart enough not educated enough. So how can I even understand what this book says? I'm not spiritually mature enough. I, I've, I, I can barely spell Jesus. Uh, I'm not talented enough. I, I, can't, I can't sing like those three guys. I, I can't do that. I, I can't preach incredible sermons like Pastor Phil? I, I can't do that. Thank you. Thank you. How about this one? I've made so many mistakes in my past, there's no way that I could experience all that God has for me. Or, or, it's not the amount of their mistakes, but it's that one mistake that they themselves can't forgive themselves for. And so oftentimes what there is, there's a, not a physical limitation, but oftentimes there's a mental limitation or an emotional limitation that keeps us from God's best that has been imposed pretty much by us. Maybe somebody fed you some bad information. Maybe somebody said that you'll never amount to anything spiritually because blah, blah, blah. And you know what? You want to know why that person said that? Because they are insecure. That's why. There are no limits to what Jesus can do in you. There's no limits. He's a limitless God. And so maybe I ask this question, what are you allowing to stand in the way of your getting as close to Jesus as possible? I'm too busy. You know how much time you have tomorrow? Same amount of time I got. 
24 hours. Well, I'm busy. Okay. But when Jesus is a priority, when you seek God first, that actually frees up the rest of your schedule. How does that happen? I don't know. God just does it. What are you allowing to stand in the way of you getting as close to Jesus as possible? Thirdly, he had to grab the branch of his reputation. He had to grab the branch of his limitation. Thirdly, and forgive me, but he had to grab the branch of perspiration. That sounds spiritual. But look at verse 4. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree. Time out. I'm getting tired just reading that. Okay? To see him since Jesus is coming that way. So here's the deal. Okay? Here, here was Zach's solution. I'm going to have to do something that requires some work. Zach was not a young man, fair to say. He was the chief tax collector. Probably not the most spry young fella. And here's this guy, probably an older gentleman, climbing a tree. Running and climbing a tree. Now, if you get me running and climbing a tree, there had better be a pizza in that tree. (laughs) A really good pizza. Okay? Boy, that got an amen. So let's not kid ourselves. It took Zach some effort. Mm, I want you to catch this. It took Zach some effort to climb that tree. It took some effort on Zach's part to see Jesus and to experience Jesus. I'm not going to lie to you. Having a mature relationship with Jesus, experiencing spiritual growth, that takes work. It doesn't happen just by coming to a church and sitting in a church building. Just like going to your garage and sitting in your garage does not make you a car. Fair? It takes work. And really, this is where our culture tends to really kind of shy back a little bit. Because we, we want... <laughs> especially this culture in America, we want everything with as little work as possible. So we want spiritual success with very little work. We want spiritual maturity with very little effort. And we just think if we sing two fast ones and two slow ones and hear a sermon, we're good. And I got to tell you, having a relationship with anybody is going to take work, including with your Savior. So it means you talked to your Savior. It means you take time and you, you read this book. Dare I say you listen to five minutes with Phil every day. 
There's a lot of self-promotion in this sermon here today. Pizza and self-promotion. But I'm going to tell you, it's going to take effort. But it's worth it. I like to say this from time to time, and, and please hear me. The value of your walk with God is greater than the cost. The value of your walk with God is greater than the cost. It might cost you your time. It might cost some effort. It, it, it might, dare I say, it might even cost a friendship or two. But the value of that relationship with God is far greater than any cost that you'll ever have. It takes a lot of work to become spiritually strong. But it's well worth the work. Here's the fourth branch. Pastor, how many branches you got? I'm almost done. He had to overcome what I would call the branch of location. Now, this is important. Because the wording here creates an application that I think is really powerful. First of all, look at verses 5 and 6, all right? So, here's Jesus walking into town, and he sees this chief tax collector in a tree. Not your normal thing. And when he reached the spot, the scripture says, he looked, Jesus, he looked up and he said to him, Zach, come down immediately. Immediately, by the way. Jesus didn't say, you know what? When you feel like it, come on down. When it's convenient for you, I'll be here. When my spirit leads you to do it, because, you know, I know you got to look up the original Greek. Come on down. Jesus said immediately, get down here. And then he said, I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once, and he welcomed him gladly. Now, as we keep those verses up, I want to show you what Jesus did not say. Jesus did not say, hey, I wouldn't mind visiting with you for a little bit. Let's do lunch. That's not what he said. Jesus did not say, hey, whenever you feel like it, I'd love to connect with you on your terms. (laughs) You know what he said? He said, immediately, immediately, I want you to come down here. And he said, not only that, he said, I'm coming to your house. Oh, don't, don't, don't miss this. Look what he said. I'm coming to your house to stay. I must stay at your house. Now, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Would you say amen? Amen. Good, because you're not the hotel of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Check-in time, Jesus, is 10 a.m. on Sunday. And check-out is 12 noon. Be sure to take advantage of our continental breakfast. But isn't that how we handle Jesus sometimes? We say, hey, Jesus, okay, here's what I want you to do, okay? I want you to come, all right? And I really want a good service, all right? So 
Hopefully Jonathan sings my favorite song. Otherwise, I won't worship. But anyway, so if that happens, that'd be great. And then, then uh, I, I, I hope pastor's funny and, uh, and says some cool things. And then I'll check back with you later next week. Are you kidding me? That's not God's intention. See, Jesus wants to come to your house, your heart, your life to stay. Not to visit, to stay. Is Jesus a guest in your life or is he a resident? And it's easy in here. It's easy in here, okay? But students, when you're in class, is he still there? When you're at work, when you're at work, is he still there? When you're in traffic, Okay, now that got a rise of all you. Is he still there? On the golf course. <laughs> or in the woods near the golf course. Is he still there? Is he there to stay? Is he there to stay? Honestly, though, what part of your life are you likely to kind of nudge him out the door? When in your life is it likely that you, you prefer he not be in the room? It might be when it's just you and your computer. It might be just when it's you and your car. But Jesus wants to come into our lives to be a permanent resident of our lives. He's coming to our hearts to stay. Here's the last branch, the branch of transformation. Now this, this is actually a really great parallel to the service that we've had so far today, and I'll tell you why. First of all, let's look at verses 8, 9, and 10. Zacchaeus stood up, this is after all the muttering, okay? And by the way, please don't let someone else's opinion keep you from pursuing Jesus with all your heart. If, if you have a friendship that is trying to pull you back spiritually, you don't have a friendship. That's not a friendship. I'll, let me keep going. So undoubtedly, he heard the muttering. But Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, and probably some of the mutterers were saying, mm-hmm. He said, I will pay them back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation's come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. See, here's the deal, okay? Zacchaeus came down off the tree. Zacchaeus, uh, forgive me, Sue. Zacchaeus came down, and, and he was face to face with Jesus. Now, that's quite an experience, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say? You were looking 
at the Son of God face to face, that, that's a good service. Okay? But Zach's experience, Zach's encounter didn't stop with the experience. There was a transformation. You want to know how valid your experience with Jesus is? Seriously? Not how high you jumped or how long you laid on the floor or whatever language you spoke. And I'm not, honestly, I'm not dismissing any of those experiences. But do you know what the key ingredient to having a true experience with God has God changed you? Have you been transformed? Don't you dare. After this service, don't you dare go home with some cruddy attitude. Don't you dare go home with the same sin that you came in here with. Let God change you. Husbands, if you haven't been treating your wife real well, you treat her good today. And the next day. And all the days. Because the true test, we saw that little graphic revival that some of us got excited about. The true test of revival are people's lives being changed. It don't matter how loud you sing or how high you jump or how long your service goes if you're not going to let the Lord change you. I'm just telling you right now, you, you could keep it. You could keep it. If all you want... If all you want are the Holy Ghost goosebumps, this is not the place for you. Because what I want, and I think what the Holy, I know what the Holy Spirit wants, are lives that are changed and transformed. This, this is what brought salvation to Zach. It wasn't how much he gave. It was the change in his heart. What we need are changed Lives, changed hearts, changed everything. That's what what takes us from the tree to the rest of our lives. Get out of that tree. Okay, you experienced them. We had a great service, great, but but how are you going to act on Monday after today? That's the key. And maybe we need to ask God what that is. Because here's what I want. This is what separates us from God. God, the unchanging one, requires us to change and become more like him. That's the primary thing that separates you from God. You constantly have to change every day, crucifying this and crucifying that, and God molding you and shaping you and chipping stuff away. And sometimes that's not comfortable being chipped and molded. That, that's the Christian life. God changes me. He transforms me. He makes me a different person than I was just yesterday. Yeah, he's a tree climb away. But don't stay in that tree forever. Zacchaeus, he came down. 
but he changed his life forever. I wonder what God might do to a number of people who've experienced Jesus, and they would say, Jesus, how do you want to change me? How do you want to make me different? How, how do you want me to grow? Who do you want me to be? What kind of person do you want me to be? Those, those are the prayers that we need to ask. So Jesus, I thank you for this incredible story of a man who just wanted to see exactly who you were. And he went to great lengths to do it. So Lord, I pray that you would help us to go to great lengths. No matter how long we've been a Christian, God, that we have gone to great lengths to see who you exactly are. And may we not let anything limit us, but may you change us completely. Would you stand with me? Are you glad you came to church today? I sure am. I want to give you a chance to respond to this message. Because maybe some of you, you're, you're in Zach's place right now. <laughs> you're, you've had an encounter with Jesus. You, you, he saved you. He's touched you. He's done this. And, and great, but, but now it's time to allow him to change you. And so maybe there just needs to be this moment where you say, okay, Lord, what do you want to do in my life? What do you want to do differently in my life? Would, would, you, would you pray those prayers today? And, and then, just let his Holy Spirit speak to you. The same Holy Spirit that can meet you in the midst of a worship service is the same Holy Spirit that can meet you right now as you say, Lord, make me more like you. And so I want to make this just a place of prayer where we can just seek him. You may want to come to this altar and pray. You may want to sit or kneel at your seat, but... What's important is that we talk to the Lord. And don't leave until you're done with him today. And uh, once you leave, let's fellowship in the lobby so that we don't uh, disturb anybody who might be praying. Jesus, it truly was good to be in your house. But God, I, I, think, I think your work is not over yet. So I'm praying that you would speak to people today as to what they can do and who they can become to be more like you. And Jesus, may we not let anything stop us from seeing you for who you truly are. So move in this place and move in every heart, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to pray, do so now. If God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless you.